Good afternoon and welcome back to another episode of Little House on Normal Street. I'm actually podcasting from my old haunt at my mother's place. So I'm out in the hallway today and just chillaxing, enjoying a bowl of cereal and prepping for this move tomorrow. Um, For those of you who don't know, which is probably everyone who listens to this, we are actually moving tomorrow, uh, September 1st. We have lived in the extended stay for 11 months now and would really like to fucking get out of there. Um, When we first moved there, honestly, it was amazing. But the fact that I wasn't driving 100 miles a day to work, but we knew all along that it was never supposed to be a permanent residence for us. It was always going to be a stepping stone to getting into an apartment. And about six months ago, we had planned on getting an apartment and we realized that our dog, Freya, uh, our Pomeranian, who was basically my child, needed to get her, her dental work done and it couldn't be delayed any longer. So we dropped about 1200 total or so to uh, take care of her, her, just her teeth, not including all of her tests and whatnot. That was fun. But because of that, we got pushed back and... Originally, we weren't planning on actually having any roommates because of all the fun things that we've gone through with the ex-roommates. But we decided to go and room with our friend that we've known for many, many years. And uh, I had a lot of friends who were like, are you sure? Um, And whatnot. Because of the fact that we'd been screwed over so badly by our last roommates. But I have never really felt any gut feeling of unease rooming with her and honestly it's going to benefit all of us together she watched uh, I should explain her friendship to us we met her right before we got married uh which we got married when we moved into the house in Elmhurst Illinois and she was a she wasn't a close friend at that point but she started coming over to say hi because she adored our dogs and you know, like talking with me and hanging out. And eventually it developed into a very deep friendship. And what happened was, is she watched as we were systematically fucked over by the other roommates. Uh, She watched as they took money and spent it on things that they could not afford. uh, And watched as we were forced to pay bills because it was either we paid them or it was shut off. And it was... It was a very difficult time, and she watched through every single thing. She watched as as I made the decision to tank our credit. Uh, I should rephrase that, my credit, not my husband's credit. My husband's credit did not take as much of a hit. Um, She watched as my PTSD, which was undiagnosed until almost six months later, uh, went even worse and even further into the depression episodes. Now, keep in mind, I have complex PTSD, so on top of all of the complex PTSD episodes and traumas that I'd already experienced, this compounded onto it and really, I don't want to say activated the major PTSD reactions, but kind of made it harder for me to ignore those reactions. And she watched as we experienced this horrific moment in our lives at literally just the beginning of our marriage. And sometimes I'm shocked at how 
much my husband and I have gone through in less than three years. We're, we're, this is going to be our third year anniversary on October 15th. And already we have gone through having our home taken away from us. We have gone through a credit crash. We have gone through um, a lot of different emotional things that, you know, excuse me as the moron with the bike goes past. Uh, I mean, my, my husband had to take a lot of beatings along with me throughout this. And honestly, it, it would have broken up most marriages. I'm, I'm, sometimes I even joke, I'm not sure how ours survived it. Uh, it was a rough ride. And she saw every single bit of it. So when she wanted to finally move out, uh, because she got transferred to the area that we're living in uh, for her Starbucks, the Naperville Starbucks, she was looking for a place closer than Wheaton, which is about a... 35 minute drive for her. So I was just fucking terrified from the beginning because I wasn't worried about her. I was worried about my reactions. I wasn't worried about her not doing her part financially. I was worried about me not being able to actually emotionally handle a roommate because that means there's a third person I have to account for in the house. <laughs> And I don't mean account for as in taking care of, but account for as in realizing there's a, another person who's going to be in the place. And I was worried I couldn't handle that. But here we are getting, literally it's to the day to move in, and it's, it's rough. Um, I've done a lot this, this past week of prepping in terms of excuse me, I'm passing, packing up all of our things that we've been using in the extended stay and, you know, breaking it down to the nitty gritty of what do we actually need versus what can go into the short-term storage and be brought to uh, the apartment the day of moving or the day after moving. And for us, it was tough because of the fact that we had spent so much time living in this one little room and it was just a bit of, it was very cramped. It was very, very cramped. I mean, when your bedroom, your living room, your kitchen and your office are all literally in one small room and the only thing that gives you privacy is going to the washroom, there really isn't the ability to just have your own space and just to be alone with yourself. And... That has been very hard on our marriage. We have had a, quite a few fights over it. Um, and it resulted in us having to just sit the fuck down and talk about it. But it made us stronger. And, and that's what I always thought was fascinating is everything that we've gone through, uh, the, the bad roommates, the losing the home, having no money, uh, dealing with a possible Im uh, immunity disease, which I'll get to in a minute. Like all of these things are just piling on a brand new marriage. I'm grateful we don't have kids to deal with because that would just really add to the cesspool. But these kinds of things are so difficult. And for such a new marriage, for us to go through all of them before we've even gotten into our third year of marriage, it's fucking rough. And CPTSD 
is just hell with that. And a lot of the fights were occurring, not because there was something actually that we had to discuss, but because we were just fucking stressed and we'd snap at each other for one small thing or another. And my husband and I both have very, very fiery, fiery tempers. So, of course, that kicks in with all of the trigger mechanisms and his trigger mechanisms, his anxiety, my anxiety. It was just a nightmare. And it's only because of the fact that we sit down and discuss these things, whether we like it or not, that keeps us from degrading our marriage because... I've seen marriages break up over less than the shit that we've gone through. And sometimes it's it's both uh, mind-blowing to me that we've survived this long. And I don't mean in the sense that we, we didn't want to be together. We do. It, that's why our marriage has survived. We're, we're not together be, strictly because one of us happened to be able to take care of the other. We genuinely like spending time with each other. We genuinely like going and doing things together and just being around each other. But when you're cramped in a very small place together and you have two stubborn personalities, you're going to get fights. So we are looking forward to more room. Um, there, It's going to be a two-bedroom, two-bath. And that allows us to have our own spaces. And... It was actually kind of funny because our roommate was very confused at the fact that we gave her the master suite. And, pardon me, my child is barking inside and I might have to go and wring her neck. Or just shave her, as I jokingly say. I keep threatening to shave her, I don't think it actually works anymore. But, I digress. Um, it's... It's terrifying to have to move again, every year almost, for quite literally um, since 2013, we have moved in some form or another, and I feel like I don't have roots. I mean, technically, yes, Bridgeport is my roots. This is where I was born, this is where I was raised, this is where I was, you know, uh, taught my social skills, taught how to fight back. This is, this is what I am. But I never liked being here. I never wanted to be here. I, I got tired of being made fun of. Um, and when I left for Drake University, I was hoping I'd never have to come back to this neighborhood again. And there isn't really anything I can do about that. This is what happened. Um, I made the choice to move us back here when that happened because we had nowhere else. And, I mean, it worked out. I wasn't expecting it to be as useful as it was. My husband had the ability to pick up on all of my triggers and literally see where they were created. So, for him, he got, he got an insight into, something, into my, my mind that most spouses don't get to have. He watched all of my very specific movements and very specific habits that were tailored to this apartment come back after many, many years of them not showing up. And suddenly all of this made sense to my husband. And this move has really brought up a lot of repressed memories, a lot of repressed triggers, 
and I know once we move into the new apartment, that in and of itself is going to be a battle because new triggers are going to show up. Things that I might not even be aware of because uh, they either have just formed or they're so old that I don't recall them instantaneously. And one of the other stresses that I was discussing earlier was about a possible immunocompromisation disease. Um, I've lived my entire life with joint pain. And when I say joint pain, I don't just mean in my knees or just my, uh, you know, a crick in the neck or something like that. I mean everywhere. My hips are always in pain. My knees are always in pain. My feet are always in pain. Even though I'm a diabetic who takes very good care of my feet, you can still have sore, aching feet and it not be specifically attributed to diabetes. Uh, neuropathy comes in many different forms. Um, let's see what else. The fact that I was having trouble with uh, digestion and something that kept showing up on my blood tests. Now, for those of you with not, for those of you who do not have a scientific background, I will be explaining what I'm talking about here. Um, so. I went, I was, I was sent by my doctor to a specialist uh, for the hematology. Hematology is the study of blood, the science of what goes on in your blood system, your bloodstream, what should be there, what shouldn't be there. And it's often very, it's often in the same area as the oncology department in a hospital. The oncology department is the bone cancer place. So the first thing that happened was, is I went to a specialist in the cancer ward. <laughs> <clears throat> for um, something that was not cancer-based, but scared the shit out of me nonetheless. Um, for the past, oh, I'd say five or six years, even probably longer, I've had an elevated white blood cell count for a very specific white blood cell. They are called eosinophils. Eosinophils are white blood cells that are strictly allergen or parasite-based in your body. So they fluctuate when... You've got, uh, say, you know, you're having a hay fever moment, or if you happen to have, you know, tapeworms or something in your system. Obviously, that's not something we're worried about in this case, but knowing the very specific cell type gives you an inclination as to what I'm talking about later. Um, the allergen response is also based in the immunity system. It's, I mean, you, you make antibodies. Antibodies are the little bits that stick on to things that will tell white blood cells, hey, this is no good, uh, either destroy it or send it somewhere else. So we were, we were getting my blood tested for those specific white blood cells because they've been very high. And I don't just mean occasionally high. I mean, they've been consistently very, very elevated for five, six, possibly even longer in terms of years. And it wasn't an issue until my doctor noticed I had an increase in another type of white blood cell. And it wasn't anything for cancer or worry like that, but the change in the white blood cell counts and the elevations of both of them weren't something that shows up in a normal human being. So she's a general practitioner, not a specialist. She sent me to the specialist. So while we were talking, we basically kind of came around to the idea that if there was an immunocompromisation present, it was probably rheumatoid arthritis. 
RA is present in my family. My aunt has it. I'm sure a couple other people have it. We've had cancer in the family, specifically reproductive-based. Uh, my nana, Patricia, had to actually have her hysterectomy because of either uterine or cervical cancer. I can't remember which specifically, but it had to go either way. So I was already a little on edge because I knew that there were some very intriguing medical issues in the family. And honestly, when I went back for my results, I was fucking shocked because of the fact that they came back negative for every possible immuno, immuno uh, test that she had done. None of her tests showed any form of a possible uh, disease or syndrome to be attached to. So we came to the realization that all of my elevated white blood cells are purely there because of allergens. Now, we're not quite sure what that means because it could be the fact that I have a dog and give zero fucks about the fact that I'm allergic to furry small animals like dogs, cats, and bunnies. It, uh, I think I might actually be close to anaphylactic shop when it comes to bunnies, but we'll get into that in another episode. Um, and honestly, I've just always had bad allergies, even before we had dogs in the house. So I wasn't really shocked <laughs> at that part when she said it, it all was allergen-based. But I was kind of upset, not because I want rheumatoid arthritis, but because when you've been trying to figure out what the fuck is wrong with you for so long... And the one thing that almost everybody seems to agree you probably have comes up negative. It's really fucking frustrating because now this means I have to go to another specialist. Uh, thankfully, as, as they basically put it, you know, you're very healthy. We hope never to have, ever to have to see you again. Signed the cancer ward kind of uh, thought process. But now I have to go to an allergen specialist and see what I might be allergic to other than just cats and dogs. I got a feeling it's more than that. So it's just another damn stop in the path. And it's, it's frustrating because we thought maybe we finally had a, a diagnosis specifically. Now it just turns out I'm allergic to everything. I, I used to joke. Yeah. I used to joke, uh, that, I was allergic to pretty much everything, <laughs> including myself, uh, because of the fact that I'm allergic to bunnies and I'm a, in the Chinese zodiac, I'm a rabbit. So it was a hilarious joke to me that I used to say, I'm allergic to bullshit as well as myself. And Christ, everybody stop texting me. Why does everybody text you when you don't want them to, but when you have nothing to do, suddenly no one is to be found. Eh, whatever. At, at least I have people saying hi to me. <laughs> uh, anyway, I continue. So, basically, the whole sum up of that was, is I don't have any immunocompromisations. I don't have any immunity diseases. I'm just allergic to fucking something that is pissing my system off so badly that it actually raised concerns for the doctors. And I don't know if that's possibly also what's causing the joint pain. It could be. It might not be if I know. And I'm just hoping that maybe we can get this taken care of soon. Because honestly, I thought RA was the last stop. And that meant that, yeah, I probably have it. My aunt has it. Everybody in the family seems to be fucked up. So probably. And for it to come back negative leaves me just baffled. 
and irritated. Even though at the same time I'm grateful because allergies are a lot easier to treat than an immunocompromisation that you can't get rid of because it's attacking its own body. It's a lot easier to treat, but it doesn't make it any less frustrating. It's just another notation I have to make about how we've ruled out so many specific diseases and we're grateful for that, but I'm, I'm getting tired of having to keep going back to doctors to find out what's wrong with me. Uh, for the most part, this has all been here for the better part of 20 plus years. So I really, you get really, really tired of being in pain. I know that seems like a duh moment, but for those who are chronically ill and for those of us who start to get worse before we get better at certain periods because we have our, our good days and our bad days. It, it's fucking frustrating because we don't have some, for those of us who actually give a fuck, we don't have the ability to validate our illnesses to people. Not that we have to, but for those of us who want to be able to call somebody out and call them, tell them to shut the fuck up, you can't really be like, you know what? I've got invisible pain. Fuck you. It, it, it's, as much as that should be enough, sadly it's not. But my body's a little bit worn out, so I'm just going to take it easy during the move tomorrow. So I will check out everyone and see you next time on another episode. Later.